This is Neil Erwitz. I'm the Director of External Relations here at the Center for New American Security, and we are here with our brand new two-day-old, two I believe, uh, senior fellow in our Asia-Pacific Security Program, Dan Kleiman. Great to have you both at CNAS and uh, here to talk to us uh, in particular about North Korea. Thanks, Neil. I'm delighted to be here and excited for my inaugural podcast. <laughs> so today uh, it came out that North Korea appears to have um, had a small weaponized nuclear warhead that can go on a ballistic missile. Am I explaining that about right? And if so, why, other than the obvious, is that so terrifying? So their reports unverified that the U.S. government, uh, the intel community, has assessed that North Korea uh, could put a small nuclear warhead on a missile. The Japanese uh, recently made a similar assessment, so that's corroboration. Uh, why this matters, uh, if North Korea wants to credibly threaten, uh, have a nuclear capability that could be credibly used against the United States, they need three things. They need a long-range missile, which they've, through recent tests, demonstrated they have. They need to have a warhead that can fit on a rocket, which is what appears to be potentially the case now. And lastly, they need the ability to have that warhead re-enter the atmosphere when it comes down and not disintegrate. So there's really three steps. And why this matters, uh, they have two out of the three complete. The last time they did a missile test, the re-entry didn't go so well. Uh, it seemed like they were, from video footage, the warhead disintegrated or the re-entry vehicle. But they're now two out of three steps toward having that capability. So it's, it's a, a very much a significant development. So what is the what is the upshot then of them having a nuclear deterrent? From their perspective, uh, it grants them regime survival. That at the end of the day, Kim Jong Un is all about one person himself, and when he goes to bed at night, he worries about the United States taking action to depose him. If he can credibly threaten a nuclear attack against a U.S. city in the continental. United States, that makes him sleep more securely. He thinks that there's less likely that the U.S. would someday decide to take him out. He probably worries about the fates of Saddam Hussein uh, or Muammar Gaddafi and thinks this is his insurance policy. Well, I'm glad he's getting Aflac. Um, so what, uh, what can we do to keep them from taking that third step? So there's not a lot the U.S. can do to prevent North Korea from taking the third step short of preemptive military action. Uh, at the end of the day, uh, North Korea has a very robust, in recent months, testing uh, pattern. And it's simply a matter of time. If they continue to test, ultimately, they'll be able to figure out the reentry. Uh, what the United States can do, though, uh, is strengthen our conventional deterrence. So work with our allies and partners, uh, enhance our missile defenses, and essentially prepare for the day when uh, North Korea might have this capability. At the same time, the United States can continue to try to tighten the screws on North Korea through sanctions. Uh, the UN sanctions that were just uh, passed, it's certainly an important development, but whether it is uh, actually executed or not remains a, a key question. So let me ask the question that may be naive, but that I'm fairly certain is running through the president's head. Every day, North Korea's position seems to get stronger, um, and ours gets weaker, and that dynamic does not appear to be changing anytime soon. If we're ever going to do military action, is this the right time to do it? There, the North Korea problem has bedeviled multiple administrations, starting uh, with 
President Clinton. There's no good solution. Uh, military action is fraught. North Korea has a very large number of artillery next to Seoul. Uh, any kind of military conflict would involve civilian casualties on a scale that we've not seen in a generation. Uh, at the same time, North Korea has missiles that could hit Japan or bases there as well as civilians. So leaving aside the entire nuclear long-range missile piece, there's already the possibility of cataclysmic civilian casualties. So military actions are not uh, are very much a last resort, and you would have to balance the cost of that versus trying to prevent North Korea from ultimately fielding a nuclear capability. Uh, there, there's still time, at least, for a pressure strategy, which is what we see the U.S. government currently doing through sanctions. Uh, and at the end of the day, there's also time for to prepare for a stronger deterrent, and that involves enhancing uh, certainly our conventional capabilities in the region, working with our allies and partners as well. Uh, if North Korea does ultimately field a deterrent, a nuclear deterrent capability that can hit the United States, uh, it's particularly important to strengthen that conventional piece. Uh, it may actually become more confident in its provocations because it feels that the U.S. is more limited. So to me, it's, it's crucial to get ahead of that potential uh, dynamic and really strengthen our conventional capabilities today. So um, I guess two, two last questions. First, uh, then are you somewhat confident that we'd be able to contain uh, even an a unambiguously nuclear-armed Korea? North Korea, I should say. It's an outcome nobody wants. It's an outcome that's not foredained today. But the United States, at the end of the day, with our allies, has far more resources, far more capabilities than North Korea. And while Kim Jong-un uh, may give off a kind of irrationality. He does care about regime survival, and that does provide the basis for deterrence. It's not a situation uh, anyone wants, but it is a situation that the United States uh, could sustain. So knowing that he would never use the weapon because that would pre- that would be the end of his admin- or his regime. Yes, the challenge, in my perspective, would be he might be emboldened to have conventional provocations, that he would feel the United States couldn't even use conventional force. And that's why I think it's so imperative today to focus on some of the conventional challenges uh, that North Korea uh, poses, as well as, of course, address the nuclear threat. All right. Well, unfortunately, we're going to have a lot more times to talk about this. So, Dan, great to have you on board. Thanks so much.